Pastor Jeff Backer will deliver this morning's sermon. Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace and peace to you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Today on this Palm Sunday, we officially transition from the season of Lent into Holy Week. Now, Lent this year did not maybe turn out as we had wanted it to. Pastor Catherine and many others had worked very hard to develop the Witnesses series for us to delve into in the Gospel of Matthew for the last six weeks. And I certainly hope that you that are listening today have had time to follow us through Lent and have gained in faith from the podcasts, discussions, and worship services that we have live-streamed and posted to our YouTube channel. Our Lenten expectations have been challenged by the changes that were needed to protect each other in this time of pandemic. Now, this got me to thinking today that as we go through life, whatever we become involved with, we always form some sense of an expectation. Now, I'm not saying that we always have high expectations, but there are certainly things that we place value in with virtually everything we do. And the stark truth of the matter is that those expectations at their core are almost always centered on ourselves. What do we get out of it? What benefit do we gain from being involved or invested in whatever it is that we have our focus on? When we get involved with a group of people or an organization, it is in this same way. Even if we form a relationship with just one other person, there are expectations that will guide and inform that relationship. For certain important parts of our lives, are defined by our expectations. Now I have to confess to you today that like many of you, I am grieving some of my own expectations of what this Palm Sunday looks like and sounds like. As Heather said, we have great traditions in this congregation. And though we had a processional today, I have to admit that compared to normal, it might have been a little underwhelming. We did not get to see the excited waving of the palms by the congregation and especially our children. There is not the heartwarming rendition of Little Gray Donkey sung by our carol choir. Today, out of necessity, it is just different. And today, our expectations might be challenged. And you know what? That's okay. The text that I read for today from the Gospel of John also re reveals some expectations. The crowds that had followed Jesus to Jerusalem had expectations. The disciples had expectations. And these expectations also centered around how Jesus would benefit them. Peter had already confessed Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus was well known for his healings, his miracles, the exorcisms, and these are exactly the events that the crowd demanded. The crowds began to follow him because they had very high expectations that he was the one that had come to fulfill what the prophets had been preaching for centuries. Jesus was the one that would fulfill the scriptures, that he would reestablish the throne of David, he would reestablish the nation of Israel as the nation above all nations, and that God's blessing would be known through this king. The crowd had an expectation. 
Now we hear of another group of people in this text that also had expectations of Jesus. They were the Pharisees and the religious leaders. Because of what Jesus had been doing, what he had been teaching, he had affected their lives greatly. And what he was doing affected their role in Jewish culture. Part of the crowd that had followed Jesus to Jerusalem were those that had witnessed Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. And because of that event, became believers in Christ. These people had witnessed the man who had been dead four days, not only brought back to life, but Lazarus was now walking with them into Jerusalem with Jesus. But there were also those Jews who had witnessed that miracle and were deeply offended and concerned because this Jesus was a threat to the religious establishment. This latest miracle could not be allowed. And they even plotted not only to kill Jesus, but to kill Lazarus because he was the proof of Jesus' power and his word in the world to create new life even from death. And we are told that the crowd welcomes Jesus to Jerusalem. They brought palm branches and met him as he, as he came. Now historically, palm branches were used as a sign of victory. In fact, any time that uh, the Jews felt that they had attained some victory, they would stamp the palm branch on the face of their money as a sign of that victory. The crowd welcomed Jesus as if he was a great conqueror. They shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Hosanna, which means save in Aramaic. And it is an imperative word. And it is self-concerning. The chant that the crowd uses was the fulfillment of the messianic prophecy that had been told in Psalm 118. Jesus also enters the city riding on a donkey colt, which fulfilled the prophecy of Zechariah chapter 9. Now in those times, if a leader rode in on a war horse, it signified that he had come to conquer. But if he rode in on a donkey, it was a sign of peace. It is the final acclamation of the crowd, however, that reveals what the crowd's expectation was the king of Israel. But the crowds were not expecting this new king to come in peace, but to lead them against the Roman occupation. This was what they had expected from the Messiah. There was also another very revealing understanding of the Pharisees' expectations. If we look to the very last line of our text for today, they say to each other, you see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. This reveals that there is even division amongst the Pharisees and the religious leaders. So we can see that even the Pharisees do not have the same expectations among themselves. Maybe there are some of the Pharisees that are saying, well, let's wait and, and let's see what happens. Let's calm down while other Pharisees are just chomping at the bit to take care of this Jesus, this rabble-rouser, this king of Israel, 
They want to stop him. They want to shut him up once and for all. However, they see that the smaller crowd has now become one great crowd. Unified in voice, and this is threatening to the Pharisees and to the temple. And if that big of a crowd gathers around Jesus, then it will be us against them. And they are afraid. But they really did not have much to worry about, did they? Because in just a few short days, this same crowd will turn their shouts from Hosanna to the voice of the crowd that will shout, Crucify. So what happens? How does the crowd change its expectations so quickly? The reality is that this crowd that we hear from is not unlike us today. Because when we see something big and we see something exciting or revolutionary, we want to be part of that. Our expectations are altered based on new information. And it is exciting to be a part of something different. Have you ever been a part of something in your life that you thought was exciting at the time? But when you look back, you might have a very different feeling about it today. As I was writing this part of this sermon, I was thinking about an event which took place when I was at, at SDSU, which started off as a great homecoming celebration, but today is known as the Hobo Day Riot. It was a lot of fun until it wasn't. Sometimes the size of something also defines its truth to us. The more people that support a certain position on something, the more weight it has as truth, even if it isn't true. And if there's just a small contingency that opposes the majority, well, they're just radicals. And I think we can certainly understand that in our current times. I also think that this is often very much the same way churches look at churches. If we look at another worship community and they seem to be doing bigger and better things and they boast about being more robust, we say, well, they must be doing something right. And if they're not, we say they must not be teaching and preaching the right way. Well, this sounds an awful lot like that crowd that met Jesus that day in Jerusalem. Jesus comes to Jerusalem also with expectations. For a long time, he had told those gathered around him, most specifically his disciples, what would happen. He has never wavered from this. In fact, remember when Peter tries to rebuke Jesus from even considering what must happen, Jesus calls him Satan and rebukes him. The cross has always, and I mean always, been Jesus' expectation. Friends and hearers of God's word today, this is why it is imperative that we continue to hear what Jesus came to do and what he has done for you. It is why it is important for us to hear God's law and his commands so that when we hear Christ's promises and his forgiveness of our sins, that these are the sweetest words that we can ever hear. Because Christ says, 
you are forgiven. Otherwise, we're just stuck with unsatisfied expectations, and that leaves us in a very dark and lowly place. In times like we are in right now, we are a little bit like that fickle crowd assembled that day in Jerusalem, and we too change directions sometimes to and fro very easily. And it is in times like these that faith shakes or it is emboldened by the work of the Holy Spirit. But this is why we gather today, why we gather in unique ways, why we continue to gather in ways we could not have imagined that we would be gathering like. Because we too have expectations. In the midst of our fears and our anxieties, our isolation, our unknown tomorrow, we gather in these ways to hear again those sweet words. To hear the comfort of recognizable hymns. To hear Christ's promises that embolden us to keep facing what is set before us and to hear that God is steadfast and sure. And that there is nothing in all of creation that separates us from him. Every single promise, every single hope, and every ounce of peace that we can know or hope to know is found in Jesus Christ. And Christ has set his own unwavering expectations on the cross so that he, and better yet, I can declare to you that it is what Jesus has already accomplished for you that is your hope and it is your salvation. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, and today we shout, Hosanna, save us, which is exactly what he accomplishes for you. O God, your mercy is great. God's peace be with you all in these times. Thanks be to God. Amen.